Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're going to jump into our interesting topic uh, today following some unfinished business from yesterday. Recall we compiled our UPR community book list, our latest book list, and uh, we had this uh, come in uh, after the show. This is from Kathleen. She says, hello from Springdale. We love your show. Yes, I'm reading more since access to TV is expensive and limited here. We asked, uh, by the way, on the program, are you reading more or less, and is what you're reading changed? Uh, so she says, yes, I'm reading more since access to TV is expensive and limited here. And because I'm an adjunct professor at Dixie State University, I'm spending many more hours in front of the computer transforming my courses into online courses. Not so much fun since I love being in the classroom with my students. So for me, listening to books on CD or Libby has become my entertainment. Uh, during your last book show, uh, a sharing show before Christmas, one of your guests mentioned The Summer Country uh, by uh, Lauren Willig. As well, she is now my new best friend during social distancing. Summer Country was great, and so was All the Ways We Say Goodbye. I now have gone back to her earlier work uh, in the Pink Carnation series, so that's Lauren Willig. These books are historical fiction, and I hate to say this, but romance, because I don't want that to distract from her great writing. In the same vein, if one likes the series, the Outlander series by Diana, uh, Diana Gabaldon, are also excellent. Endurance by Alfred Lansing about uh, Shackleton's shipwreck and survival in Antarctica, 1914-1916, Another book she's reading. I'm also listening to Ron Chernow's Hamilton, and Chernow's biography of Ulysses S. Grant was also riveting. And any book by David McCullough is excellent. And The Federalist Papers by Hamilton is waiting for me at the library. Many thanks to the Washington County Library for keeping borrowing open. We deeply appreciate Karen, Jeff, and Trevor, our librarians. And after hearing Ned Brooks on Fresh Air yesterday, I'm about to order World War Z. And uh, so those are some great books. We'll add those to the list, Kathleen. Kathleen closes by saying, Exercise, books, and laughter are my happy, happy pills this spring. So that's Kathleen in Springdale. Thanks for that. Keep those coming. Upraccess at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us for Access Utah. Utah's K-12 public schools are closed. Teachers are teaching their students online because of precautions to slow the spread of the coronavirus. And so today we're going to check in with some teachers and principals to see how things are going. We're also going to talk with a parent who's been homeschooling for many years. We'd love to know how things are going with your children as well. You can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Uh, the word is uh, from my sister-in-law and her kids. They're doing pretty well, but they're a little stir-crazy. We'll, we'll talk with, uh, we'll, we want to know what, how things are going in your house. Upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Uh, later in the program, we're going to talk with some elementary school teachers and elementary school principal. Uh, we'll also be talking with uh, some high school uh, teachers as well. But uh, we first bring in uh, Molly Wren Christensen, who's been homeschooling for 19 years. She's deeply involved in the homeschool community in Utah and has founded multiple homeschool co-ops. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Appreciate you taking the time to be with us. We also bring in this segment, uh, Tim Smith, Chief Academic Officer over Curriculum, Instruction, and Technology. He's also PIO for Cash School District, uh, 28 years in education. Tim Smith, welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, I want to start with you, uh, Tim Smith. This, so you're over curriculum instruction and technology. Uh, this, these must be busy days for you. Oh, they are. It's been uh, 
really a monumental effort in the last week and a half on behalf of our teachers to move a brick-and-mortar system uh, online in just a matter of days, really. Uh, the only thing I can compare it to is um, it feels a little bit like 9-11 when um, it's been kind of fun. People have just kind of set aside their differences and came together in a common cause, and it's been a, a wonderful adventure with our parents and with teachers. It's been a, been a good thing. Well, that, that's wonderful. Uh, so people are pulling together with this. That's a huge project, uh, changing over from uh, in you know face-to-face instruction to online, uh, trying to do that in a matter of a week or two. Yeah, it is. It's trial and error. Uh, so we've seen some amazing things go on out there. And I think what's exciting is the best uh, of what comes out in teachers comes out online as well. Um, I've watched second grade teachers or preschool teachers uh, do a video for their kids telling them how much they love and miss them. I've seen a sixth grade teacher do a a green screen with Harry Potter behind him and start a a book reading group, Um, an AP history teacher taking questions from students on what ifs if certain things hadn't happened in history. So it's just been exciting to see teachers be teachers just in a, a little different modality. Um, so, uh, you say, you mentioned parents. Sometimes we forget that, that, that have to have cooperation of, uh, of parents. What are you hearing from parents? Well, it's, it's difficult. Uh, we have parents that, you know, still work full time or trying to hold down jobs. Um, they're trying to navigate technologies that they may not have used before. They're trying to make sure that their students are online and working. And, uh, in the midst of all that, I've I've heard some heartwarming stories of just parents that are loving the opportunity to sit at the kitchen table with their kids in the morning and uh, help them with their schoolwork. And uh, so I think it's a it's a good experience all around. It is challenging at times, but something I think people are working their way through. Yeah, embrace the opportunity. Yeah. Um... Uh, so Molly Christensen, uh, we want to bring on, uh, reach out to the homeschool community because in in some ways, you guys have been doing this for for a long time. Uh, but I imagine uh, this is perhaps affecting you as well. For example, I know here in Cache Valley, I'm I'm uh, friends with the director of a homeschool choir. So there are there are activities where homeschoolers get together, right? Is that being affected? Oh, for sure. I mean, you would think that of all people that have been prepared for social distancing, it would be my family because we've been homeschooling for a long time. I work from home. I own my company. I um, and we're introverts, so you know we're okay. But we also had been very involved in the community and and you know doing taking classes, doing co-op classes, all sorts of stuff. So yeah. We are staying home a lot more, and just, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, it does affect everyone. It, it's hard times, you know, even for those of us who've been doing this for a while, but it's also tough for everyone. But I think that just because it is hard doesn't mean we still can't thrive during mm-hmm. these yeah. times. Yeah, certainly. I wonder what suggestions you would have. You So you've had, you know, you've had a long time of, um, you say you're running a business from home? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so doing that, working at home, having the kids at home as well, right? And and yep. t- teaching them, uh, doing it all. That this is kind of a new experience for some families. What would your suggestions be? Yeah, I think 
probably number one is we've got to change our expectations. <laughs> you know, as we adjust to this new normal, it, it's it doesn't really, it's not going to operate like it used to. So as we can change our expectations, it's going to help, you know, because sometimes we think that the kids are a distraction from trying for us trying to get done what we need to do. But kids are really what it's all about. And so you kind of have to just adjust to that new normal there. And also when the kids are home, I'm sure parents have noticed this, the house is just going to be a lot messier. It, mm-hmm. it just is how it is. <laughs> and so, you know, we have to just, let them be creative, let them be messy, but then also teach them how to clean up as well after mm-hmm. themselves. So, so really we're just trying to do our best, but but doing our best doesn't mean doing everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, I know I've uh, talked to some some parents uh, who are saying, boy, it's great to have the kids, but I'm, we're all going a little stir-crazy. <laughs> what would your... Uh, and I've talked to some others who said what you need is some structure. That's one thing. What What are some other suggestions? For sure. I, I like to do what I call a flexible plan. So we have some structure still going, but we are also more flexible, too. Uh, and and we've, I've kind of tried to do this throughout my homeschooling years because when you have a lot of different personalities in your home, you kind of have to be more structured because, you know, if, if, if you've got a plan and it's not being followed, <laughs> which it won't be if you've got kids at the home, you're, you've got to be flexible about it, too. So obviously there's a balance to find there, but going stir crazy. I, I know we're, we're experiencing that, too, more than normal with <laughs> that. But suggestions for that is um, make sure you still leave time for them to play. Don't be trying to get all the schoolwork done being a drill master the whole day because kids got to play. And... <clears throat> Let them get them outside. I mean, they got to be outside because that also helps with just managing all the emotions that are going around right now. And the other thing is probably sit down with your kids and brainstorm a list of fun things you can do at home together. Take advantage of this because I think one thing is, is like the way we react to everything that's going on in the world is that affects our kids. It goes down to them too. And so if we can sit down and say, hey, this is kind of an adventure. What new things can we do? This, this could be pretty fun. And just brainstorm some great ideas. They're going to love that. And, you know, I was thinking, hey, why don't we paint some glow-in-the-dark stars in our playroom? Because that was something we talked about some years ago, but never got around to, well, maybe this is the time when we can actually create and get some of those things done that we've never done. We can create some amazing memories with our kids. As we we go through this, you know. Yeah, yeah, some great ideas. Let me turn back to uh, Tim Smith. Um, so I, I saw there's uh, some guidance out from the education department on the federal level. Uh, the upshot of which, if I read this correctly, is uh, you know you have uh, laws in place. I'm sure as you well know uh, to protect uh, kids with disabilities and and to accommodate them. The education department is saying. Uh, you know, don't let those accommodation needs uh, prevent uh, you from from providing online services. But it, but I'm, I'm sure it's still a balance. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Uh, I think that's been one of the most challenging things for us to work through in the last week. Is you know how we put this entire system online, but still pay attention to those students with special needs or that are at risk. Uh, we have special education students with special needs, and serving those needs 
at a distance can be very difficult. Um, helping students who are learning a new language can be very difficult. So those are things that we're definitely still working through and are concerned about. Uh, are, are school lunches still going on? I've heard that some districts are providing school lunches curbside, that sort of thing. Yeah, and we're doing that. Uh, I jumped on a bus uh, this week. We're, we're providing lunches at all 25 of our school sites, plus we've turned the meals on wheels, and we rolled all of our buses out this week to neighborhoods to deliver lunches. And we were not uh, able to feed that many folks when they were coming to the schools, but we found that the Meals on Wheels idea has been just fabulous. Um, very appreciated by our, our community that we're reaching out in that way. So you're finding some some families didn't take advantage of it or are now? Oh, yeah. We went from in the team, you know, lunches in the teens to in the hundreds over the last couple of days. So, um, so you talked about... Yeah, yeah. You talked about uh, the need to get creative, and it gave us some examples. That's uh, that sounds wonderful. Uh, I wonder about um, d- does every family have access to Wi-Fi, and, and I'm sure you're running into maybe some of those problems. Yeah, absolutely. That's been uh, a challenge. We had, for example, at one of our um, southern elementary schools, that school called every single parent over the weekend. We found uh, 13 parents who didn't have Wi-Fi access. They happen to be our English language learners as well. So that school hired a translator to help work with those families. Uh, Comcast stepped forward and offered free Internet access for them. So we jumped over that hurdle. We are providing devices uh, to any family who wants a device in their home. Um, These are filtered devices that we can send out from the school district. We've sent out thousands of those devices uh, into our homes to help, you know, pri- provide access for our students. Uh, listen, well, we've got you on, Tim. I want to, um, you're probably maybe familiar with this. Um, this is, uh, we got an email from the National Education Association, um, and uh, they're giving input on this big stimulus bill that's uh, moving through Congress, and uh, they're praising Congress for adding some things that they wanted um, they say this bill is not perfect, but it does address many urgent needs of our students, educators, and schools. We thank Congress for leading this bipartisan agreement um, and for including a uh, public school uh, stimulus, so apparently some money coming to public schools up through uh, higher education. Education Stabilization Fund is what they're calling it. Um, but uh, they, they want Congress to know that tens of billions of dollars more will be needed going forward to support all the students counter learning loss happening through school closures and prevent educator layoffs. Uh, likewise, the six-month suspension on school loan payments uh, will be happening this bill apparently. The inclusion of stimulus checks to households. Uh, they take Congress to task for not including uh, direct funding for Wi-Fi hotspots, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. I wonder what your feeling of, on this is, the, the, the need for this funding and additional funding for the, the reasons that they stated, including, um, I guess, education loss for, for a layoff. Yeah, that education loss is a difficult um, thing to quantify, so I'm not. we're just digging into that um, stimulus package as well, trying to figure out what it means for us uh, from an education standpoint. Um, There's no doubt our heart goes out to all those that are going to be impacted by this pandemic. Um, We've got colleagues in the healthcare system that are facing some difficult times. We've got 
people who will lose their employment or have their businesses impacted. So I think it's a little difficult right now to to uh, determine where all those impacts will be, but and and how this stimulus package might be used to help mitigate some of those circumstances. But uh, it's certainly something we'll be working through. Uh, Molly Christensen, um, I'm wondering just on a sort of personal level, family level, and those you're talking to, how is all of this affecting your family and those you're talking to? For for the most part, it's about the same. But in many respects, it's more difficult just because, you know, it's difficult to live when your life is no longer predictable. And, and it, that makes your life very unsettling to have uncertainty, uncertainty because you can't really plan, right? So with that, it's been a little different, but, you know, we're working through it. And I think, you know, for other parents, I know other parents have been struggling too, but I think other parents are are doing what Tim was saying too, is where they're looking at this as a great opportunity to just really get close to their family and kind of an adventure. And so that's kind of the take that we're trying to look look at this through um, that lens. Uh, this is an adventure, and we can kind of feel grateful for the time to step back and not be as busy as our normal lives. So that's pretty cool to have that blessing in our lives, I think. Um, I think, too, with other parents, I, know, I do know some other parents that have been struggling, too, but the beautiful thing is there is a lot of help out there. There are a lot of people who want to help others, and I love that because in times of crisis, it's so great because people do come together and people do want to help out others as well. Yeah, that is very helpful. Um, I guess we we should concentrate on the hope, right? The, the yeah, opportunities, for sure. right? So the problems. Uh, so finally, with uh, Tim Smith, um, I don't know. You know, maybe this isn't the time to speculate and look forward. But uh, the the I think the schools are closed at least till May first, and that's going to be reevaluated as we go along. Um, do you think school will be extended into the summer to make up for lost time? Uh, that's a great question. We sent an email out to our parents yesterday. We're trying to stick as closely to our school calendar as, as possible right now. We really hit the ground running with this online education piece um, as quickly as we could. And the Utah Department of Education or School Board of Education is going to give us a little bit of leeway on the two days we took in preparation. But, no, we don't have any plans to um, continue into the summer right now. Uh, best case scenario is we get our students back with a little time before the end of the school year. Uh, my heart really goes out to these seniors um, this year who have kind of had their life disrupted and and uh, their social life and their friends and their thoughts of prom and graduation. And, and so if, if we don't come back, we've got to figure out how to make that time special for these kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have to get creative there as well, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we'll conclude this segment. Uh, Molly Christensen has been homeschooling for 19 years, involved in the homeschool community in Utah. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, Tim Smith is Chief Academic Officer of Curriculum Instruction Technology for Cache School District. Thank you so much. Thank you very much.
Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll have um, some elementary school teachers and elementary school uh, uh, principal. Later in the program, some uh, high school uh, teachers as we focus on education, K-12 through education, during this coronavirus uh, pandemic. More following this break. UPR hopes you will join us in thanking our business sponsors for their continued support of our mission to inform, inspire, and educate. Support from local businesses and industry is a big reason we are able to bring you insightful, objective, and necessary information in these uncertain times. What is certain? UPR's commitment to serve our listeners here and online at upr.org and through our UPR app. Support for news programming on Utah Public Radio is brought to you in part by our members and the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance, a nonprofit organization dedicated to protecting Utah's Red Rock Wilderness lands. Details on SUWA and Protecting Wild Utah are at suwa.org. Utah Public Radio is broadcasting engaging and impactful stories of Utah 24 hours, 7 days a week on the air. But we have a lot more to say, and so much more for you to hear. The UPR social media team is bringing you Utah's most important stories right to your feed. Stay up to date and join the discussion by connecting with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Don't forget to use the hashtag, I am UPR. Why wait? Pick up your mobile device now and get the most out of Utah Public Radio. And just as always, stay tuned for more on the air from UPR. Thanks for joining us for Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We are talking about uh, Utah's K-12 through public schools. Uh, schools are closed, of course, but uh, instruction is still going on. Teachers are teaching their students online. It's all because of precautions to slow the spread of coronavirus. Um, and we're checking in with some teachers and principals to see how things are going. Later in the program, we'll talk with uh, some high school teachers. Right now, we uh, focus on elementary schools. And uh, we bring in Stacy Blower, who uh, teaches at Sunrise Elementary, uh, third grade there. I, um, I understand. Uh, Stacy Blower, welcome to the program. Hi, Tom. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Jessica Littlefield is at Cedar Ridge, uh, fourth grade uh, teacher there. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. And uh, Derek Beer is at Sunrise Elementary, the principal uh, there, taught sixth grade for for seven years, uh, principal for eight years now, both in Davis and Cash School District. Uh, Derek Beer, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Uh, so let me start with the Stacey Blower. Uh, first of all, where is Sunrise Elementary? Sunrise is in Smithfield. Smithfield. Okay, wonderful. Uh, so uh, this, and I understand you've been teaching for over 30 years or so? Not quite, but I am one of the older teachers for sure. Okay. Um, uh, so, uh, but I imagine this is a fairly new experience for you, and it's, it's trying to change over to online. Right. I try to stay up to date on technology with my kids. But putting everything online has been a learning curve for sure. What have been some of the problems? I imagine that you know there's a whole way of teaching face to face, and it's uh, is it a whole different ball game online, or are there some things that are the same? There are some.
some things that are the same. First of all, uh, the district is so good at having programs for us, so we have our math already online, and I have been piloting a new reading program, and there are some great resources online for this reading program as well. We ha- I had the kids that I was going to have them put start working on their tests online just this coming week, so we hadn't done that yet. But the stories they can read online and they can do assessments. So that's been a great um, opportunity for them. A lot of the kids, we had a pretty easy time getting on Google Classroom. Some of the parents, we talked through them, taught them through it so that they could get on easier. But now everyone's on and it's really fun to see the kids commenting to each other on there. I did have a hard time with videos. So that's been a learning curve. I told the kids they can laugh at me if they want. But I've been posting videos to teach them each of the math lessons on there. So a lot of the kids have said that's really helped them. Oh, that's wonderful. A way to connect. So is this is, you know, the lessons are online. They work through those at their own pace. Or there, is there ever a time where all the kids are on together? I have not done that. I have an appointment scheduled for Friday at 10 o'clock for Google Hangout. Some of the kids mentioned that. I had one student that I still wanted to get on Google Classroom, but now everyone's there. So we'll do that on Friday. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, well, I'm uh, excited. By the way, I noticed that, you know, that more and more tech companies are making uh, services free or, or low cost. The latest that I noticed was uh, TED-Ed. So the TED TEDx people are are making some of their services uh, through TED-Ed available. There are so many emails that we've had and services available. The great thing is with our district is we have great things already set in place for online learning. So I think there's so many things that we can add, but I, I don't want to overwhelm parents, so I'm sticking with the basics and then putting ideas of other things that they can do as well if they choose to. Mm-hmm. Let me turn to Jessica Littlefield, uh, Cedar Ridge uh, Elementary. Uh, where is Cedar Ridge? Cedar Ridge is in Hyde Park. In Hyde Park. Okay, wonderful. Uh, so uh, what are the what are some of the problems you're encountering, and how, how are some of the ways you're getting creative? Um, it's interesting listening to Stacy because we are doing many similar things. Um, I think some of the biggest problems we've had is just parents and students making sure they have access to the online learning and it has been a learning curve for some families, and other families have been able to jump right on board. And so I've helped a lot with that at our school, um, with helping parents get the right logins and, and find the right websites. And once we, like Stacy said, we've got, for my students, we're all on there now, and it's been going much, much more smoother uh, once we've got everyone hooked up. So that's probably been the biggest concern. And I think that's from my side. I'm sure the parents are saying, no, you don't know what it's like <laughs> to try to get four or five kids all online. And so that's sure a kink coming from the other side of it as well. I guess you, you, you do have to have close coordination with parents. Yeah, for sure. And I, I try, I'm trying to get my parents to understand, hey, we're available just because it's Online school doesn't mean that we're isolated in our homes and not talking. And, and I hope parents know that, that we want to help so much. We want to be available, and they need to 
to call the school. Um, some of us are here at schools, not very many. So emailing us, and, and I think every one of us teachers has let our families know the best way to contact us. Uh, so how, how best to keep that connection? Imagine, imagine, I'm just imagining, I don't know. <laughs> one of the joys of teaching is that, is that kind of that close connection, with, you know, face-to-face. How do you preserve yeah. that online? Oh, gosh, it's been such an adjustment. I think that it's became uh, painfully apparent that having these kids around, that school, or when, when they are around, school is so much more than just what the curriculum is. And um, I think we, all of us teachers have different ways that we're doing it. I'm using Google Classroom as well. I post assignments every day. My kids know that they need to go check it. But I'm also doing a daily video where I am just talking to them. Hey, guys, I miss you. Um, let, let me talk to you about your assignment today. Um, and then just trying to connect wherever I can, um, answering emails. And my students are also commenting on their classroom, and that's been a lot of fun. They're dying to talk to each other, and so they're having all these silly interactions, and it's been really fun to watch. Yeah, that's the social part of it, isn't it? It's so important, so, so I'm glad they are having that opportunity um, online. Yeah, it's been, it's been such an adjustment, but our kids, I think the older the kids are, the more prepared they were, and they've if they have older siblings, they've really learned what they can do and how they can talk to each other. Um, and like I did something fun yesterday, too. Tim said he jumped on the bus, and my principal and I and another teacher, we jumped on one of the lunch buses yesterday, too. And it was just a blast to have kids waving at us and excited to see us. We just waved from the windows. But anything like that, they, they are craving that kind of contact. Uh, that, that's a fun mental image, uh, you guys on that bus waving. <laughs> Very good. Uh, let me turn to Derek Derek Beer, uh, who's a principal at Sunrise Elementary. I understand you taught sixth grade uh, before, and now you've been principal for several years. Um, so what are the what are some of the challenges that you're working through with your with your teachers and and parents? Uh, many of the challenges are the ones that have already been brought up. Um, technology. We've had over two hundred Chromebooks checked out by by family members. Um, just to be able to access the curriculum, uh, making sure that all the the needs are met that way. Um, we have a wide range of um, comfort levels with technology with our teachers in the building, and one of the encouraging things that we've seen is just the, the way that they've all come together. Um, they've r- rallied around each other. Most of our teachers have an online format that they could teach that way for, for a long period of time if they needed to. So um, those are some of the challenges that we've faced. And um, another thing that we're really concerned about, it's been brought up, um, is just the mental health of the of the students. And we have a full-time counselor that is um, providing resources. She has a website that's linked to our page. She meets with students. She's available um, to do Zoom calls, um, Google Hangouts uh, with these students that, that have high needs. And we're just we're just really being cautious and aware that we don't overload students, parents. Um, we don't know what that looks like uh, at this point. We, we're we all new to this. Everyone is new to this. So we're, we're encouraging feedback from our parents just to see what, what's an appropriate level. It's going to be different for our kindergartners to sixth grade and um, just figuring that out as we go. 
Yeah, that's very interesting. You bring up counseling. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, that's that's a resource, of course, that uh, is available when you're at school. You're making that available online. Yes, we are. We are. She's um, she's set up a format that students can request to meet with her. Um, she has students that she regularly meets with. She's scheduled times with them. Um, just just keeping that that line of assistance open has been huge. Um, I think that will grow, honestly, over time, and having her do that. We also have a, a licensed therapist that comes into our school once a week from Bear River Mental Health, and he just emailed me yesterday and said that he's going to be providing his services to the students he works with as well. So that's a that's a huge part for us. Mm-hmm. And maybe even even increased call for, for services such as that, because, uh, you know, if adults are nervous and wondering what what's going to happen even more so with kids yeah exactly we i just had the conversation with stacy before we got on here you know as we as we go through this as adults and we're unsure we're anxious and that's that's magnified with these students and i think the the resources we will need as they come back into the classroom and um and now it's just gonna it's just gonna grow and grow I want to ask this of all all the people, all of our panel right now. I'll start with the Derek Beer. Um, I don't know if your home or or you know the the teachers that you talk to. I imagine at least some of the teachers would have uh, sort of the added complication that uh, they've got their own kids at home, right? And, yeah. uh, now you're trying to yes. teach, and 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 you're and you're dealing with your own kids now, twenty four seven. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very true. I've I've got kids at home. Uh, many of my teachers have, you know, I've got older kids at home, but my many of my teachers have younger kids at home, and there's a there's an increased challenge. They're overwhelmed with that. And um, one of the things we talked about this week was uh, maybe splitting up some time, having some time throughout the day where they're just focusing with their kids, and then they can work in the evenings. Um, that helps both our parents and and our teachers. That's one thing we focused on. Just few days ago under the direction of our, our superintendent uh some time of the evening yes yeah yeah that, that would be a good idea uh stacy blower i wonder about you know how just on a personal level how's your family dealing with all of this my family's doing well um my daughter had it they had a hard time at first the first week just kind of like a lot of the parents that i talked to but they've set up a routine, and she said things are going so much better now. My other grandkids have some health problems, so my daughter has to stay home from work, so that adds a little complication to things. So I can understand what families are going through. Um, that's one thing that I want parents to know, too, is that we are here to help them. I'm We're available to take calls anytime, and we have aides who are contacting parents so they're getting contacted at least two or three times a week by phone so i think that's important right now to know that we're in it all together and we're all we are all helping each other through this yeah that's an important point um i think teachers whether they want to or not most of them want or willing <laughs> are, are going to take on some family problems right they're because they're dealing with kids right and i have some teammates and they are setting up times that they work on school, and then they go home and help their kids with homework, and then they're available to parents 
and doing videos later in the evening as well. Uh, certainly busier, busy times, I imagine. It's really busy. <laughs> yep, teaching <laughs> is always busy, and it still is. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Littlefield, I wonder about about you and your family, How just on a personal level. Yeah, it's been a challenge. Um, I have a couple of teenage boys that are still at home, and uh, we've kind of finally figured out our schedule a bit. And, you know, I think most families with teenagers find that they're pretty – able they're pretty much able to get on there and do their work it's more uh, motivating them to do so and so i actually have been coming into the school to do my schoolwork most of the time my teaching work here during my office hours and then when i get home i turn into mom and that's when they they attack me with all the things they had questions of over the day and can you help me with this assignment and help me understand what this means and and so then I go into full parent mode when I get home. <laughs> but, you know, I, as Stacy talked about this too, the district has been so accommodating with this and allowing us that trust level to say, hey, you guys figure out what's going to work best for your families, and we know you're going to work. And, and so then it's been such a benefit to those teachers that need to do some work at night and be, with, be home with their, parents, their children. So. Uh, so I hate to en- engage in stereotyping, but I'm going to. Um, so teenage boys, and, and I feel like I'm free to do this because I was a teenage boy. Um, are, are you able to talk through things? Do they have questions, concerns? Are they are you talking through the emotions of all this? Um, it's it's hard to get them to talk about uh, what they're feeling about this pandemic. Um, I think as far as schoolwork goes, my boys are pretty open with me because I teach, and so they know that it's something I can handle, but it's coming out in little instances. I, I have one son last night that just out of the blue goes, man, I'm so worried about this coronavirus thing. And, and I think that's what happens is they, they really sit there and mull it over in their brains and then finally it blurts out. And so we've been trying to be a little more sensitive to how they're feeling and how they're reacting. And um, I try to explain to them what's going on so they understand you know, what's going on in the world and why are we doing what we're doing? And I'm sure every parent's feeling that anxiety with helping their children understand what we're doing. Yeah, I guess it's just important to keep those lines of communication open and just, just talk. Right. Uh, well, we'll uh, give Derek Beard the last word on in this segment. Um, I wonder what your advice is for for teachers. What are you telling your teachers on, uh, especially as we look at uh, sort of an unknown end time for this? We're looking at May 1st, we hope, but uh, well, we don't know. Right, right. What what I've been encouraging our teachers is just to, to stick with the basics. Um, build in some fun activities that tie the curriculum together. Um, have Have the let the students have the opportunity to, to experience things that we haven't had the chance to do. When with us not having end of level testings, we have a little little bit more flexibility there with that. And I've just encouraged them to be open to parents' feedback. And if they feel like they're being overwhelmed, let us know and let us know what what we can do to to cut back. We do have aids that are available for tutoring and. I'm encouraging our teachers to utilize them in the best way that helps our students. Um, it's it's overall um, it's been a huge challenge, but I see some really good things coming out of this, and I see teachers, um, well, all of our our capacity just growing as 
as educators through this. So I've encouraged them to focus on those things that they can use in the future as well. Very good. Uh, we've been talking with Derek Beer, who's uh, principal of Sunrise Elementary. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, Jessica Littlefield uh, teaches fourth grade at Cedar Ridge. Uh, thanks. For... You bet. Thank you. Stacey Blower is uh, teaches third grade at Sunrise Elementary. Thanks. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. You too. Uh, after break, we're going to, uh, in our final segment, talk to uh, high school teachers and uh, see how things are going uh, there with classes uh, online. And uh, that's coming up following this break. This is Craig Jessup for Bringing More to Life. Throughout history, artists have known art provides benefits for both the creator and viewer. We know exercising our creative side enhances quality of life and nurtures overall well-being. Studies show art can reduce the depression and anxiety that are often a side effect of chronic disease. Research demonstrates that the imagination and creativity of older adults can flourish in later life. Making art or even viewing art causes the brain to continue to reshape, adapt, and restructure, expanding the potential to increase brain reserve capacity. Artistic expression can enhance the lives of older adults in ways you could never imagine. Support for Bringing More to Life on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our listeners and the Sunshine Terrace Foundation in Logan, advancing wellness, independence, dignity, and comfort. Information at sunshineterrace.com. COVID-19 has changed daily life in the U.S., and with news breaking by the hour, it can be hard to stay up to date. I'm Ari Shapiro. Join us every weekday for a new live conversation about the disease, what you need to know, what's coming next, and we'll answer your questions. The National Conversation with All Things Considered, live every weekday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, from NPR News. That's 7 p.m. our time, right here on Utah Public Radio. Thanks for joining us for Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Utah's K-12 public schools are closed. Teachers are teaching their students online because of precautions to slow the spread of coronavirus. Um, and we're checking in with teachers and principals to see how things are going. Early in the program, we also talked to the parent who's been homeschooling for many years. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. How are you getting creative in your home uh, with your kids, and are there challenges that you're trying to overcome? Uh, questions that you may have as well, upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Maybe just how you're doing. It's good to check in with each other how we're doing through all of this. Upraxcess at gmail.com. Uh, we check in now with um, uh, some teachers uh, in high school. So uh, Darren Perks is Green Canyon uh, High School English teacher. Uh, now doing instructional coaching and mentoring. Darren Perks, welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, thanks for joining us. Shane Jones is an administrator at Green Canyon High School. Uh, has been a counselor, teacher, athletic director, assistant principal. Uh, thanks for joining us. Oh, yeah, thank you. 
Uh, so let me start with Darren Perks. So you, you, I understand you're now doing instructional coaching and mentoring. What's uh, What are you doing there? Yes. So this is my 22nd year teaching, and I've been teaching English. I've taught some French, and I help a little bit with driver's ed as well and things. And uh, the last two years, we started using instructional coaches in our district, in the Cache County School District. And uh, another former teacher, Ashley Addis, and myself are the two instructional coaches for the secondary level. And so we help new teachers and anyone else who's looking for help, but we have a little program where we work with any first and second year teachers that come into our district and just help them with classroom management strategies, instructional strategies, and pretty much any way we can. Um, so it's kind of a great opportunity to go around to all the different schools in our district at the secondary level and work with them on a personal level. So now going online, what I'm sure there's challenges there, opportunities. Uh, tell me about that. Um, I think the biggest challenge is just making that shift because quite a few teachers have been providing resources for students online, and now that's quite different from actually teaching online. And so kind of making that transition and learning how to communicate with students and how best to teach the material that we're so used to talking about and discussing in class. Um, but I think it's been pretty amazing to see the teachers pull together. The funny part is, is I work with the first and second year teachers coming into the school, and they're the mentees being mentored by other teachers and by us as instructional coaches. But now it's almost switched roles because most of them have great um, abilities with the technology, and so they're now becoming the mentors helping our veteran teachers with all the technology and resources that are available. Um, but teachers have really pulled together for this. It's been pretty amazing. Uh, uh, what feedback are you getting from the from the students? These are, of course, high school students. Um, funny part is, is quite a few of them have texted me or emailed me personally and just saying things. Please do whatever you can to get us back. <laughs> oh, really? They 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 miss being in school. It's funny. We all joke as teachers. We joked about, hey, wouldn't school be awesome without kids just messing around? And now that they're not here, it's actually quite sad. The mm. empty hallways, there's not a lot of noise. It's, we really miss the kids a lot. And kids miss being at school. But the, I think one thing is there's mixed messages that we get from students, some that are you know, thriving at this. They do really well at self-managing and being able to work online. And others are really struggling because they like the face-to-face -face contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's that must be gratifying to hear. They they miss you guys. They miss they miss each yeah. other. You know, yeah. Yeah, we really do. Yeah, uh, let me turn to Shane Jones, so administrator uh, there at uh, Green Canyon High School, uh, and I want to talk about you know we we early in segment uh, an earlier segment we talked to elementary school uh, uh, teachers and principal there. Uh, as you get into high school, you have more and more extracurricular activities, more and more things that enrich the whole experience. Those I assume are shut down at this this point. That's uh, that's got to be a concern to the students. Yeah, that's probably the, the for some of these kids. That's their you know, it's their senior year headed into the the last trimester um, or their last seasons, and and you know, softball, baseball, uh, track, um, lacrosse just started up this year, and you know they they all got a, a game or two in, and then got uh, got shut down and. 
And so uh, I think when it first got shut down, there was a little bit of hope that it was, it really was only going to be a couple weeks and, and we'd, we'd pick up the pieces. But, uh, um, yeah, extracurricular is such a big part of the, of the secondary schools that, uh, without those, um, we've got a lot of kids that are trying to figure out what they're supposed to do with all their time when they don't have practices and games and things. Mm-hmm. Is there any way to, I don't know, approximate any of that at all online? Um, uh, I think most of our coaches have, have given some like individual workouts and things like that. Um, when we, when we drive around, we'll, we'll see kids out, uh, um, you know, isolated, uh, a couple kids playing catch or a couple kids kicking a soccer ball around. Um, you know, at first there, there was kind of some attempts to, to maintain, uh, at least some practices. Um, but, uh, with the restrictions to, to the group sizes and things like that, that's kind of slowly just diminished as well. Um, so you, I think we do have a, a, quite a few kids that are probably, um, trying to figure out how do, how do I work out on my own? How do, you know, if, if the season starts again, May 1st, um, will I be in shape and ready to pitch again or play soccer again? Um, but it's, it's, it's difficult to, to do team sports without team time. So, um, they're doing their best, but it, it's tough when we can't tell them to, to hit a weight room and, and things like that. Uh, some of these things, you know, like prom and like graduation may be affected, right? Uh, some iconic things that people, <laughs> kids look forward to. How, uh, how do you help them through that? Um, you know, junior prom, uh, we've had a couple dances that, uh, uh, either were going to be pushed back or, or canceled. Um, and, 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 and really to watch these seniors know that this is, uh, uh their last year, uh, of high school and, and to see it, uh, kind of taken away and, and not get to celebrate that, that 12 years of, of completion and, and hard work is, is very difficult for kids, um, and for their parents, um, Graduations, kind of, we, we're doing everything we can there, uh, but everything's on hold. We're just waiting to see um, what what we can do, and uh, we're looking at alternative plans uh, and things like that. Whether it's moving it back, um, we don't know. But yeah, there's there's some longstanding traditions that I think we'll look back ten years from now and say, oh, remember that year of 2020? We didn't get to do any of those fun things. Yeah, yeah, it will be memorable for all sorts of reasons. Uh, we just have two minutes left in the program. I'll turn back to Darren Perks. Um, and I wonder what, uh, you know, teenagers are very social, in many of them, and uh, now on restricted to online, I imagine they're probably getting creative. They know the technology, or I imagine they're still interacting. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I have two um, kids of my own who are in high school, and they've had different ways of interacting, whether it's just meeting up with one person to study something they don't understand for a class or meeting through Google Hangouts or what other, ever, other video process they have to actually do those things. Um, they find their ways. And I know some kids have tried to group up in bigger groups, as we heard on the radio recently. I think yesterday it was I heard about all the groups that tried to come together to play some games and watch a movie and stuff, not realizing that getting to those large groups is a problem. I think a big push right now is we're just trying to tell the kids, you know, find the positive in the present. Find something that, you know, those those powerful moments that you're going to be able to remember and make the best of to learn something from with what we're dealt with right now. Just a minute for this, but I wonder, are there any concerns being expressed that you're hearing from, from these students? I think probably the biggest concern is just kids who don't have the resources or kids that we're having trouble um, reaching out to. 
Uh, we don't have the right phone numbers. They're not making contact with us. Um, but we're doing everything we can, house visits, emails, texts, whatever we can to catch them. Um, but, and then kids just are worried that they're not going to be able to learn as much as they would have in the classroom. Mm. Well, we are reached the end of our time. Uh, very interesting to, to, to check in here with the education community. Uh, Darren Perks, uh, English teacher at uh, Green Canyon High School, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. And uh, Shane, Jones, uh, Shane Jones, rather, administrator at Green Canyon High School, has uh, joined us. Thank you so much. And uh, we thank everybody who has uh, joined us uh, during this hour as we've checked in with our K-12 through uh, public schools. Uh, keep uh, questions and comments coming to upraxcess at gmail.com. And we thank you for listening today. COVID-19 has changed daily life in the U.S., and with news breaking by the hour, it can be hard to stay up to date. I'm Ari Shapiro. Join us every weekday for a new live conversation about the disease, what you need to know, what's coming next, and we'll answer your questions. The National Conversation with All Things Considered, live every weekday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, from NPR News. That's 7 p.m. our time, right here on Utah Public Radio. This is Utah Public Radio, a statewide service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences, KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSUFM Logan, also heard at upr.org. Utah Public Radio is broadcasting engaging and impactful stories of Utah 24 hours, 7 days a week on the air. But we have a lot more to say and so much more for you to hear. The UPR social media team is bringing you Utah's most important stories right to your feed. Stay up to date and join the discussion by connecting with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Don't forget to use the hashtag IamUPR. Why wait? Pick up your mobile device now and get the most out of Utah Public Radio. And just as always, stay tuned for more on the air from UPR.